Wow. Good morning, everybody. Right. It's been wonderful this morning, hasn't it? I think this morning really has covered most of the things I want to say. It's been so great to be able to worship God, to thank God, you know, to hear those wonderful testimonies. Such an amazing, amazing, amazing God that we serve. Is it good to you? Is it good? Yes, Yes, it's good. Last week we heard about, um, what did we hear about last week? Who remembers? It was only last Sunday. (laughs) Hazak in one another. Hazak what? Boomerang. Well done. Hazak boomerang. Right. Okay. So David encouraged himself in the Lord. Um, Joshua encouraged the children of Israel. And um, they in turn encouraged him. And we're told to sort of do that. You know how important it is to encourage each other. It was so encouraging to hear the testimonies of healing, of promotion, you know, of God making things work together um, for good. Even though, you know, um, Carol's daughter wanted something else, but God provided another opportunity for her. So God works in all things for our own good. Amen. We're such a blessed, blessed people. We have every opportunity to give thanks. We have every reason to give thanks to God. So today we're going to be looking at giving thanks. Amen. So we've really had um, an intro into that this morning and um, through our worship. Um, one of the things, again, you know, I want to thank God for our shield, you know, what God is doing in his life. I went to see him as well. When I saw him, he couldn't speak. He was just, I could just read um, his lips to make out what he's, he was saying. But, it, you know, I heard, I've not seen him yet, but he's now walking, talking. Amazing. God is good. Lord, we just give you thanks for that. Lord, we honor you. Amen. Does anybody like watching um, hospital dramas, ER and the likes of those? Do you know when somebody is rushed in, you know, and, and it's like, wow, you know, it's almost hopeless. What happens? Everyone's running helter-skelter, wanting to do what? To secure life. Is that right? To make sure that life is secure. And what's that being achieved? What happens? Everything then is put in place to ensure that that life can have its, what? Its full expression. You know, in some scenes, you go, you know, instead of going to the room in the morning, and the doctor, you know, he's going to say, oh, hello, good morning, Phil, you made it, you know. What God did for us was much more than us making it. We were completely dead in our sins and trespasses, as God tells us in the, in the word of God. And what did he do? We were cut off from the life of God. But he came and restored us back to himself, you know, the Bible says that we were by nature children of wrath. We were destined for the wrath of God, for death. But Christ came and restored us back to life, back to the life of God by dying and sacrificing himself on the cross for us. And he's giving us life, life eternal. We have passed from death unto life. That's amazing. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. I am the way, absolute, completely, and the truth, resolute, and I am the life, supreme. That life is superior. That's the life that we have. You have the life of Christ in you today. That's amazing. Lord, thank you for the life of Jesus. You know, so when God looks down on us, 
the two categories of people on this planet, regardless of what things we say, I call them the haves and the have-nots. You know, um, the have-nots are those who do not have Christ, and the haves are those who have Christ. Just looking at my notes if I go too far. Um, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death and the gifts of God is eternal life through Christ our Lord. You know, Romans 6, 23. We are going to be going through a lot of um, Bible passages, so bear with me. I'll read them because I've got them. It will take time to try and get everyone to open to them, so I'll do the reading. On receiving Christ, we received faith. So we received um, faith in him. On receiving Christ, we received through faith in him the abundance of grace and the gifts of righteousness so that the life of God restored to us might have full expression. All the testimonies we had today, they were all opportunities for God to do what? To have full expression in a life. Once we come to Christ, it's not just, you know, coming to the point where we have received Christ and that's it. You know, we come to church, we sing, dance and all of that. God wants to have, he, the life of Christ in us wants to have full expression. That's, that's what the Bible says, we have the fullness of Christ. He wants to have full expression in your life, on your daily, in the, on a daily um, basis. He wants to be able to demonstrate who he is through his life that is in us. One day, we're having a, a discussion at home. Um, one of our um, meetings, you know, not sorry, not meetings, one of our Bible you know, sessions at, at night praying. And after we're discussing about how the life of God lives in us, you know, the moment you come to Christ, Jesus, Jesus Christ actually comes and lives in you. You know, my son, my younger one said, Mommy, why is Jesus hiding? <laughs> and, you know, and I looked at him and I said, Wow. Why is Jesus hiding? That then means that, you know, we have either, or I have either not shown him enough to let him know that actually I'm like Jesus to you in a way. You know, I'm supposed to express who Jesus is to you. You know, Jesus said to his disciples, he says, I'm going away. Um, and one of them said, I think it was um, Thomas who said, you know, where are you going? We don't know where you're going. And he said, oh, um, I'm going to the Father. And then Philip said, we don't know the Father, show you the Father, show us the Father. And what did he say? He said to them, I have been with you three years, this long, and you're saying to me that you don't know the Father. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. That's the same thing Christ wants to do with us. Wherever we go to, as Christians, as people who have Christ, we show the Father. We show the Father, we demonstrate who the Father is through our lives, through our activities, through the things that happen to us, through the testimonies that we had this morning. We demonstrate who the Father is. So we go to um, 2 Peter um, 1 um, to 4. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who, through the righteousness of God and Savior, Jesus Christ, have received faith, has received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given to us everything. It has given to us what? Everything. What does everything mean? It means everything. <laughs> Nothing more 
nothing less. Has given to us everything we need for life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. It was interesting today when, you know, we had the testimonies. Everyone who came said, you know, um, I believed in the word of God. I believe, you know, Jesus Christ said, by his stripes I've, I've been healed. And I held on to that word, you know. Um, so important to understand what he has done for us. All the songs we sang this morning talked about how he had sacrificed himself, himself for us, what he had done for us, how we're thankful for what he has done for us. If you don't know what he has done for you, how can you be thankful? How can you understand what to thank him for? How can you realize, you know, where he's moved you from and where you're currently at? The Bible says when we have Christ, we have passed from death unto life. It is quite thirsty here, actually. Amen. Jesus said, you know, truly I say unto you, whoever hears my word and believes him who has sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. The life of Christ is superior and unparalleled. You know, again, this life desires to have its full expression um, in us. Now, one of the ways that we can facilitate that full expression is thanksgiving. Oh, it is good to give thanks to the Lord because he's good and his mercy endures forever. Giving thanks to God is an expression of our gratitude to him for all he has done. All he has done. He has already accomplished everything for us. It's amazing that, you know, we're always, um, a lot of times, we're asking God to do more. You know, Lord, do this for me. Lord, do that for me. Lord, do this for me. But God has done all things. He's made all provision. He's made all things available that pertains to life and godliness. What are the things that pertain to life and godliness? You know, Bible says that do not take thought about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, and what you're going to wear. In somewhere in Matthew, because God knows that you have a need of all these things and then he says, but do what? Seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things, how many? How many? How many? Anything less? All these things. Somebody was looking for a job. He applied for the job. You know, they didn't give it to him. God knows you want a job. God knows you need that job. His focus was on what, what God was going to do. You know, giving God things for what he has done because he knows you have need of these things. He has made provision for you for all these things, for all of these things. And what should we do? Give thanks. Lord, I thank you because all that I need, you have made available to me. Lord, am I not see it right now? It might not, it's not easy when you're going through that situation and you don't actually see what God has already done. But knowing it in your heart and believing it, and thanking him for it, oh, and continually thanking him for it, focuses your mind on what he has done and helps you to make that connection with that provision, you know. And at the right time, God will bring it to pass in your life. And you would have learned from the experience of waiting 
to receive all God has made available to you. In that, um, in first, I love First Peter, no, Second Peter one, um, one to three. It's one of my favorites. So not just one to three, actually. Uh, first Peter one. What a lovely, lovely passage. You know, grace and peace. I think in verse three it says, "Grace and peace is multiplied to you in the knowledge of Christ, knowing Christ, increasing in that knowledge of Him, multiplies to us grace." And peace. What is grace? We had last week. Grace is that power, the enablement, the ability to do what you otherwise may not have been able to do in your own power. Grace enables us to stand in there, to hold on, to fix our eyes on who God is and to receive all that he has for us. Amen. Grace and peace is multiplied to you in the knowledge of Christ, getting to know his person, his desires, his values, his mind, his thoughts about you as an individual, and putting what you've learned into practice results in grace and peace being multiplied to you. So, for example, you know, for young people, young people, oh wow, what an opportunity you have, you know, at the start of your life to focus on, on God, to, you know, bring him. The Bible says, you know, in, do not forget um, your maker in the days of your youth. You know, how can it, Psalm 119 verse 9 says, how can a young man or woman, you know, make his or her way pure by guarding it according to your word? Psalm 119 verse 6 says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Okay? Holding on to God's word and continually giving thanks for him. Today we, we sang about how awesome, how marvelous, how glorious, how amazing he is. Let me give you a testimony. Um, a few years ago, um, up until a few years ago, um, we got four kids, and we seemed to be well known in a um, doctor's surgery. You know, we, every other week, one child would have an infection, would go before that one finishes, would go back again. Somebody else has something else. You know, we'd be parading ourselves, and it was like we're from side of many celebrities. Everybody knew who we were. You know, and it got to a point that I was so, and if it's not the kids, you know, either myself or my husband would have an infection or something. Oh, God, I was getting so tired of, I just didn't want to go to that surgery anymore. I thought, what, what am I going to do about this? You know, and I remember the word of God that says to me, but by his stripes, I am healed. You know, and I began to make that my language. You know, just to claim that and thank God every day that, Lord, thank you because we're healed by your stripes. Thank you because kids who go to school, they come back and they're protected because they're healed by your stripes and all of that. Do you know that after about a space of one year, unconsciously, I just realized, wow, we've not been to the doctor's surgery. <laughs> no child has had an infection. No child has had, you know, one thing or the other. Oh, and I just... Thank God. I was just saying, wow, Lord, your word does work. If we bring it into focus, and we believe in it. You know, the word of God, the Bible says, is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. You know, able to divide asunder spirit and so. Is that right, Bible, <laughs> Bible scholars? It's so important for us to have the word of God living and active in our hearts. Amen. And one of the ways we connect to that word is through thanksgiving. Thanking God for what he has done. Lord, thank you because you've healed me today. Lord, thank you because of the food that I eat. Thank you because of the clothes I wear. 
Thank you because, Lord, I'm getting married and my husband is somewhere. I thank you for him. I thank for my wife because you're preparing that wife for me. I thank for him. Thank God for what you're expecting God to do for you. Thank God because you're expectant and you're receiving what God has made available for you. Lord, thank for my children that you're still looking care of. Sorry, you're still taking care of because I received them in due season. When the man comes, when the woman comes, the children would come. Lord, we thank you for this provision. Lord, we thank you. You see, it's so easy to thank God when we have achieved, we have seen the results of what God is saying to us or what we're asking God for. Is that right? The most difficult time is to begin to seek God and to thank him when we have actually not seen anything. Do you know what provision means? It says provision, you know, a vision you have not actually even seen. So provision, before you see it, is provision. And God has made provision for us in every area of life. He has given us all, 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 all that pertains to life and godliness. Do you want to live? The life of Christ transcends the life that, you know, the natural life. The Bible says the natural life is destined for one place only, death. You know, and what has God come to do? He says, I have come that you might have life and have it in abundance. You know, we're not to settle for a mediocre Christian life. God wants to do amazing things in our life. His life, his life that we carry wants to have full expression. Amen. Um, do you know um, it, it's amazing again going back to first, second Peter 2 I, I think in verse 3 it says that his divine power his, he, by his divine power he has granted to us his precious and very great promises in another version, it says, and magnificent promises, so that through them, so that through them, through what? His divine power and his promises and your knowledge of him. Amen. So that through them, you may become partakers of his divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world through sinful desire. Okay. You know, um, in a, in a study group recently, we were looking at that. You know, when the Bible says that, that, you know, he wants us to, that we're particulars of his divine nature, what does that mean? Jesus said, you know, the works that I, did, that I do, you're going to do greater. What were those works? He, he healed the sick, he raised the dead. Is that right? Uh, remember the story, we'll go down, we'll look at that a bit later. Um, he fed the 5,000 with only five loaves of bread. And two fish, you know. And he says, we're going to do greater works than this. Amen. Is that a lie? It's the truth. Right? So do we believe it? Do we, do we, do we believe it? Are we ready to key into that? Thanksgiving, praising God, aligns us to what he has done for us, aligns us to connect us to that spiritual empowerment, to that grace, you know, to be able to take hold of the opportunities that God wants to bring to us, you know, in our lifetime, in our daily walk with him. His divine power has given to us, uh, sorry, he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them 
Through them, through them, you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. We make his promises a reality in our lives by knowing what they are, thanking him continually for them, and acting on his word. Thanksgiving positions us to take hold of that, I've said that before, of that which is made available. So there's healing, there's peace. You know, um, the Bible says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Self-control can be a, a major thing, isn't it? I sometimes struggle, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think, Lord, that piece of cake, should I have it or shouldn't I have it? <laughs> but, you know, I have self-control. It's a fruit of the Spirit. You know, I, I remember before I got married, I realized I used to just, I still, probably still do some a bit, but I think God has helped me a lot. You know, I still rush, a lot, yeah, rush around a lot. Then I, I have this key holder and it says, Lord, give me patience. You know, so that when I look at it, I think, yesterday, be patient. You know, and then I read in the foot in, in the Bible that the Bible says, I have patience. I already have it. I, it. It lives on the inside of me. It is the fruit of the spirit. How do I connect to that patience that I have, which is the fruit of the spirit? You know, one of the ways I can do that is to thank God. It's to, you know, to be, to align myself. Thank, Thanksgiving makes me focus on God himself, focus on what he has done, what he has achieved, focus on the fruit of the Spirit, focus on the Holy Spirit inside of me. I say, Holy Spirit, thank you, because today I'll give you freedom to do your work in me, to bear your fruit, to bear your fruit of, of patience in me, so that as I come across situations and circumstances, Lord, I am patient. You know, I receive, I'm empowered and enabled by you to do, you know, to walk to, to be patient in all that I need to do. So thanksgiving is one of those tools that helps us to connect to God's provision that we already have. You know, to his promises. We talked about, you know, by his stripes we've been healed. You know, it's, um, Isaiah 54, 14 says, In righteousness you have been established. Tyranny will be far from you. You will have nothing to fear. Oh, when I realized that God has delivered me from all fear, wow, you made such a massive difference in my life. I real, you know, the Bible says he has delivered you from all fear all fear there's nothing to fear there's situations when i come across and i'll be panicking so badly i think lord how am i going to deal with this and then i realized wow god has delivered me from all fear and then i began to thank god i began to just look to him for you know for grace not to be afraid because it says he has not given me spirit of fear but of boldness love and of his sound mind and you know how do i connect with that by praising him, Lord, just saying, Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you for this situation right now. I thank you because you're in control of it. I bring it under your control. And Lord, my mind is sound, oh God. My mind, my mind is sound, Lord. I'm patient. I'm bold. You know, I have the wisdom because you are my wisdom. I begin to bring into focus all that he's done um, for you. Amen. You know, whatever we're going through, giving thanks regardless helps us to put the problem into perspective before God. It magnifies God above the problem, therefore connects us to God's provision um, for him, for us rather, amen. We look, we look at the example of um, the feeding of the 5,000 in Matthew, where you know, the crowd had followed Jesus Christ to this desert place and he had taught them for a while. So when evening came, they were all hungry. And he said to his disciples, no, yeah, he asked his disciples and said, what are we going to feed these people with? 
and they said, oh, you better let them go because, you know, a whole year's wages will not feed these people. And the Bible records that Jesus knew what to do, but he just wanted to find out what his disciples thought. And they said, okay, but we've got this small boy here. He's got five loaves of bread and two fish. And, and they said, that is never going to be able to feed anybody. But he said, bring it. And then you know what he did? He said, get these people to sit down. There were 5,000 men. And, you know, it's recorded that if they were to count women and children, there'd probably be about three times that number. So he got them to sit down. And what did he do with that? He took the, um, the loaves and did what? He gave things. He gave things. You know, I was reading a commentary somewhere, and, and, and it said, the disciples saw an overwhelming need. There was such a need to feed these people. But what did Christ see? He saw abundance. He saw that God was his source. His source was not necessarily the five loaves of bread or the two fish or whatever would have been available outside of that area. He saw God as his source. And then what he, did he do? He connected with God in thanksgiving, thanking God and not looking at the situation, but looking by faith at the provision of God for him. And then he thanked God and broke the bread and they got them to distribute the bread. And then he took the fish, also did the same. He thanked God for the fish and they got them distributed. When everybody had eaten, they had 12 baskets full left over. When we look at God and thank him for his provision, not our ability, not what we're able to achieve by our own standards, not what we're able to achieve by the standards of the world around us, when we look to God and being thankful for him, thanking him. You know, thanking him is not just coming on the Sunday morning. You know, what we did today was fantastic, you know, but we need to get that into our own individual lives. It has to be our attitude. It has to be what we do every waking moment, you know, that you sometimes, you know, I just discover myself thanking God. I don't know if it happens to anyone else. I just kind of find, I catch myself thanking God. Or, you know, I wake up and I'm already singing a song of praise to God. You know, it has to be our attitude. It has to be a daily, a daily um, occurrence with us to always give thanks um, for everything, for every situation. You know, this situation seems so impossible at that time. You know, it seemed as if, wow, what's going to happen here? You know, these people are going to go hungry and they're going to perhaps, God knows what, maybe won't pick up stones really, who knows? But God was able to calm the situation and the testimony came out of that. Amen. Psalm 104 says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures for all generations. Amen. At the tomb of Lazarus, Jesus gave thanks. Lazarus had been dead for four days. At this time, he stunk. But Jesus came on the scene four days later. You know, that was a completely dead situation. Everybody had given up. It was just, oh, you know, let's do the formalities and, and wrap this up. But Jesus Christ came and said, I am the way, uh, sorry, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in him, believes in me, would not die, but have eternal life. And what did he do at the tomb of Lazarus? He gave thanks. He gave thanks. 
He gave thanks to God and said, Lord, I'm saying this aloud. In other words, this is what I do all the time. But the reason I'm saying this aloud is so that these people here can hear me. And when he did that, he called Lazarus forth and said, Lazarus, come forth. What seemed to be completely, you know, buried now came forth with life. Amen. Someone said, giving thanks is not a small prayer you chant before receiving a meal. You know, it is the way you live. Amen. Jesus' example demonstrates to us that what it means to be thankful, whether in eating, approaching a trying or seemingly impossible situation in our daily lives, we must maintain a heart of thanksgiving. As we approach the day, we express a gratitude for all he has done, aligning ourselves with, his, with this reality. It may not always be easy if you're going through a difficult situation. However, it is, it is not when to, it's not when to give up, but to continue to trust and give thanks. Impossible situations were overcome by giving thanks. Amen. As we thank him for all he has done, we're also praising him for who he is. Faith comes by hearing, um, we're told, and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 17. Thanksgiving helps, helps us to build a trust and faith in him. The more we thank him, the more we're focused on him, the more we're, you know, our faith is... Um, you know, our faith increases in him. We trust who he is with our thanksgiving. And then we hear, you know, we're able to hear him a lot more. We're more sensitive because what our minds are focused on him. It's amazing that thanksgiving takes attention away from the enemy. You know, um, worry is such the opposite of thanksgiving. And what does the worry do? Worry you know, allows us, the enemy, to just have a field day. You know, we're looking at the worst scenario, what's going to happen, but Thanksgiving, we're not saying we don't acknowledge the situation. Of course we acknowledge the situation, but we bring it under God's control, under God's dominion by giving thanks to him. And then that takes our attention away from what the enemy is doing, but then places our attention on God himself. Amen. It is a weapon of warfare as well. Come back to that. A bit later. Last week, um, we heard about how the church in Philippi had been birthed in power. You know, the jailer um, who gave his life to Christ as a result of the earthquake. And what happened? Why, what caused the earthquake? Paul and Silas had been beaten. You know, they were sore because they had sort of, um, they, had, they had preached to a demon-possessed girl. And she had become saved. She had, she, so she um, received Christ. And therefore could not um, provide an income for her masters because she had been possessed with a, a spirit of divination, which meant, you know, she could, um, I don't know, do things like, you say, palm, all this divination, palm reading and things like that. And her masters used her as an income generator. She generated income to them. So she gave her life. She had become, when, you know, Paul preached to her and she accepted Christ, that demon left her and she was not able to provide an income for her masters. So they were all, they were angry. And they took Paul and Silas, they beat them up, and put them in prison. You know, the prison they were in, the Bible says they were in the, in the farthest prison, the lowest part of the dungeon. And the feet were fast 
or they were in stocks, you know, and it was a horrible, horrible situation. I guess really if you compare that to, to the prison um, system now or the way the prisons are now, you probably think the prisons now are like Disneyland compared to what the prisons were at that time, you know. But um, what did Paul and Silas do? They decided to do what? To praise God, to give him thanks. They sang and they praised God all day, all night long. You know, and the Bible tells us that at midnight, an earthquake shook the whole place such that, you know, all the doors flew open. But they did not run. I can imagine today if I was in that situation and, you know, the, the, the earthquake um, shook the whole place and the door opened, the first thing to do was to pack my things and run out. Is that right? <laughs> and disappear. But they didn't do that. They stayed there. And even the jailer who wanted to kill himself because he thought they had all run away, you know, he, he, spoke, he spoke out and said, don't run away, we're all here. You know, you know, praise and worship resulted in what? In salvation. And he thought, wow, you know, your God who has done this, wow, I want to serve that God. And what did he do? He not only gave his life to Christ, he accepted Christ, and his whole household, amazing. Praise and thanksgiving resulted in salvation. You know, and we know from last week, we talked about how that, you know, um, Paul wrote again to them and told them to be thankful, you know, and knowing that God had started something great in their lives and God was going to bring that, what he started um, to completion. Amen. So Paul rejoiced. Paul wrote to him, um, in, his, in his letter to the Philippians, he wrote, it says, rejoice in the Lord always, you know, Rejoice always in everything, regardless of what you're going through. Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say it, rejoice. He says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. If the Lord was near then, is it nearer now? The Lord is near. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Okay. Time's running out. Okay. Um, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatsoever is true, this is the same passage, Philippians 4, 8, whatever is true, whatever is noble, Whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Colossians 2 6. So then, just as you have received Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthening in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thanks, um, thankfulness. Hebrews um, 13, 15. It says, through him, then let us continually off, offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of a lips that acknowledges his name. Amen. Amen. Thanksgiving is a weapon of warfare. The devil hates it when we praise God. He does not want to be around us when we're thanking God when we're praising God, when we're praising God, if, you know, fully believing in what we're doing. Not just, you know, as a gimmick or trying to get something from God, but truly on knowing who God is 
and thanking him for who he is and believing, trusting him, allowing our faith to connect with him. You know, thanksgiving can be a weapon of warfare. The Bible says in Psalm 82, out of the mouth of babes and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to seal the enemy and the avenger. You know, um, for we, we live in the flesh, but we do not war against the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not the weapons of this world. Instead, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. That's um, Corinthians 10, 3 to 4. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Amen. Thessalonians, sorry, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. All right, so thanksgiving is a necessity. It's not something we do only when we come to church. It should be our way of life. It makes us, connects us, positions us in where um, God wants us to be so that we can have, God can have his full expression in our lives. Amen. Amen. So this morning, um, I believe God has spoken to you. I believe that. I've, he's spoken to me well, as well. Um, God sees two categories of people. They have, this is how I think, the haves and the have not. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son does not have life and is dead already. I want to encourage you this morning. Do you have Christ in your life? Do you believe in Christ? Have you received him in your life? If you have not done that, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. If you hear his word, do not refrain. If you want to give your life to Christ, if you want to accept him, you are able to do, um, to do so this morning. He's waiting with his arms open wide to receive you, you know, so that he can give you this life, this superior life that we're talking about, and so that this life can have full expression here. You know, there's all these great promises. They're not for heaven. They're for this earth. So it would, it would, you know, it would be nice for us to actually go and find out what they are. They are for here on earth, you know, for us to live a full life. He's given us all that pertains to life and godliness. So I'd invite you, if you want to know Christ, please come and speak to any of us in the front. Um, you know, we're more than happy to pray with you. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you.